There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to. And it's November; spooky season is over, it's true. but not on this podcast. Spooky <laughs> no. season it's never a year ends. round, a year round event <laughs> never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. But before we get into this week's spooky movie, did anything scary happen to us in real life? This week. This week only, exclusively. <laughs> it looked like you were waiting for that. Extra <laughs> you, I totally panicked. <laughs> you were like, in what frame of time? Ever? <laughs> I need to be prompted. Um, I can go first. Except mine's not really that scary, but I'm here I am talking. So, this week, Sammy and I went back to the Philharmonic. We love music. We love music. Yeah. Yeah. We're so love music. We are obsessed <laughs> with live music. Only at the Philharmonic, though. Only the Philharmonic, which is honestly true. That is, I I think, pretty much the only live yeah. music I will go and attend. And because I wanted to bring Joel, who had never been, um, unlike us who have been, well, me, who's been, you know, twice now. And <laughs> um, we got tickets to um, E.T. Did I just call it the E.T.? No, <laughs> no, not. you said. Okay. E.T. E.T. Live uh, at the Philharmonic. And I I think I expected that it was just going to be the score that like. Yeah, we I were think just... it's phrased as E.T. in concert. Yeah. So it's not super clear. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be watching, the, you know, the the orchestra. Right. It's an orchestra. Mm -hmm. Do do <laughs> E.T. music. And we literally watched the movie while the orchestra played along, which was fascinating. Wait, so you watch the you watch the full movie with the normal yes like yeah. audio to yeah. the movie. It's just in addition there was music. Yeah, you list we like watched it through in real time and like listened to other sound, but then anytime there was any sort of music, it was the orchestra, which first was crazy because the movie starts and there's music for like 20 minutes. Like it's just me like it like was really mm -hmm. blowing my mind in terms of how much of movies are there's music happening that you're yeah. not like actively paying attention to that's true that's true also i feel like that was at a time when movies still you could get away with like any kind of slow progress like now everything's so fast right i haven't seen et in a long time so i don't no, actually know I, I hadn't either i hadn't either and so and and so also i can't believe how good et is like i it's mean so good duh but Holy shit, it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. And I guess what's scary is it's one of those movies that like 
when you watch it as an adult, a movie you haven't seen since you were a kid, and you watch it as an adult, certain things hit so much harder in a way that you would never Mm -hmm. see coming. And Mm -hmm. obviously I remembered that E.T. gets sad, (laughs) but (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So I'm about to, I'm about to spoil E.T. So if you haven't seen (laughs) E.T. and you don't want to know what happens, including our, our guest who's waiting in the wings, just just plug your ears. Um, So at the very end, we know E.T.'s going back to space. Um and E.T. I might. E.T. says <laughs> Yes, I am gonna cry. E.T. says to Elliot, come. <laughs> oh my god. E.T. says, e. says come. And Elliot says stay. And that's it. That's the exchange. And it's like you know they're both saying it, knowing it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And like to that moment of like loving someone so much and knowing that you have to move on from each other. It was like, I couldn't believe I, I think it's like the most profound moment I've ever witnessed. I was like stunned and crying. And like, I think I just didn't remember that it was that exact exchange. I don't, I didn't remember that ET asks Elliot to come with it. Like I was like, it's so beautiful and so sad. And I, <laughs> I just, I was, it rocked my world. I can't stop thinking about it. That I, come stay. What a perfect, those are the only That's words you, you need. That's all you needed. Okay, but there is one more word that also <laughs> is pretty devastating. And that's the next thing E.T. says, which is ouch. As he realizes <laughs> <laughs> that, that they can't. And he like, touches his little heart and says ouch it's it's so you guys et is so good and it is so (laughs) emotional i like can't i can't believe it that's like the the best depiction of like true love yeah you know Uh, to let someone go so pure sides it's so pure E.T. had to go. He wasn't doing well on he this planet. He had to go. He couldn't stay and Elliot couldn't leave. And like, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, Even if life. you wish it weren't the case, like that's love. Wow. Yeah. That is cinema at its finest. It I mean, really, really is. is. And then, and so then at the end, I'm already crying because it's E.T. But at the end, John Williams had been in the audience the whole time. And, they, and Dudamel brings John Williams up and at, we're all on our feet and we're all clapping and we're, I start sobbing because my brain was just like, that's, he's done all the music and was just like, I couldn't like, <laughs> and, he, the music. and he's 91 and he was loving it and it was super it was cute so and he cute. kept, he was out there and everyone's on their feet clapping and then he like, then he and Dudamel like go away through the side door and everyone's still clapping and then he came back out and everyone kept clapping and then he went away and I think the third time he came back out and we all clapped and I truly, I was like, I understand how they do those like 15 minute standing ovations at can because I, I was like, my hands hurt but I won't stop clapping until the second he's gone, like I'm going to clap until uh, there's nothing to clap for anymore, I can't stop. It was, it was a big night. So cute. It was a really big night. It really was oh, so much more than I thought I was getting myself. And that's the second time that's happened at the Philharmonic. Two for two. Two for two. Wow. Highly recommend. Highly going recommend. To your local symphony. 
you got. I mean, you're not going to have John Williams coming out at any at any local symphony, unfortunately. Unfortunately, no, no, that's that's a pretty profound experience. Uh, Apparently, he does at the Disney Hall. I think it's not unusual for him to be there. I mean, I'm sure he loves classical music. (laughs) He's gotta. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Anyway, I don't think I for sure can't top that at all. Well, this I feel is like a, that's that is the, the challenge important. laid at all of our feet. It is a competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everybody, mm-hmm. do better. Mm-hmm. Do better. <laughs> do better. I I just want to say the same thing that I've said so many times, but it's really hitting home recently. I've been going on some walks with May. She's she's two two weeks old now. Just a little mm. over two weeks old. And we're getting out of the house. And I'm feeling good about that. Um, I put her in. She doesn't like to be put down. She's not a fan of being put down. Um, essentially can never put her down. <laughs> so that's tough. But I put her in her little carrier. And we go outside. And, you know, I just, I don't live in New York City anymore. In New York City, I would get some comments with Silas from people, kind of like bitchy comments from like, old ladies usually that were like the sun's in his eyes or like oh. doesn't he need a hat or like some Not, kind like of like parenting critiques yeah like yeah. basically mm-hmm. just being like you don't fucking know what you're doing do you lady um and <laughs> like for some reason i i didn't mind those i like expected it almost it was uh-huh. like okay yeah but this is what i do mind all of the friendly conversation that keeps getting started oh. every person Every person I walk past, I'm living in a bustling small town and everyone wants to know how old May is and everyone wants to chat about it and everyone wants to compliment me and be like, well, you're doing amazing. And I'm like, that makes me more uncomfortable. I feel more uncomfortable with the praise. I would much rather you be Mm. mean to me because then I can feel good about not engaging. (laughs) I think that's worth exploring. (laughs) (laughs) truly i don't want to feel like on the hook for being super friendly all the time you know what i mean yeah i'm like let's it takes a lot of energy i want to just i want to be in my own headspace i want to be thinking my thoughts i want to be wandering around completely anonymous i want no one to be acknowledging my presence Mm -hmm. whatsoever Mm -hmm. um that's not working out so i do need to explore this and I need to turn mm-hmm. this ship around a little bit. And um, the downside of we'll having see. a cute baby. I know. Is there a way to like make yourself off putting so that <laughs> so as to, you know, like uh, like ways to signal like to I'm society like off putting. Henley, what are you <laughs> fucking talking about? <laughs> We're peeling back some stuff, Henley. I'm not inviting. I'm not making eye contact with any of these people. Sure. But that doesn't seem to work. Everyone is so nice. They're not. There's not. They're no one's doing anything wrong. Can you just get a sign that you can wear that says "Don't talk to me or my baby"? (laughs) Get a sign. You get a sign. You could wear big, big headphones and sunglasses. And just, you know, like that might work actually. You can pretend you're yeah, on a phone call. I like love very pretending headphones. I'm on a phone call. Pretend like yep. I'm on the phone all the time. Just anytime you walk past a person, start going like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was. And uh, yes, of course. And then just do that until you pass by. But the, you do so still have exhausting. to talk. Yeah. Anything that requires energy <laughs> output is tough right now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Make the sign. 
<laughs> I think it's just a sign that I wear and no one will think that's crazy. <laughs> no. do, it, do it front and back so nobody can come up from behind and not get the message. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just cover all your bases. 360 signage. <laughs> I'm not meant to live in a small town, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, Sammy, what happened to you this week? I did have a scary thing happen to me this week. And... Emily, I feel like you've had something sort of similar happen. Uh-oh. Um, I was getting into bed one night. I was so tired, so ready to be comfy in my bed. Mm-hmm. And one of my cats jumps on the bed, Uh-oh. Mac, and oh, does no. that thing where he looks up at a point in the ceiling and is making the noise like there's a bug there. It means that there's a bug. Something is in the room with uh-huh. us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I look up and it is a wasp. <gasps> no, scary. No, no, no. Wasps have been really bad here, actually. Have never had a wasp in the house before. Oh. Didn't know what to do. I'm scared of wasps. I don't want to go to battle with a wasp. Uh-uh. So I got us both out of the room and closed the door just to just think about it for a bit. bedroom over to the wasp. <laughs> I gave my bedroom over to the wasp. I made a wasp trap. Like uh, you cut open a two liter bottle of water, put, I can't remember, vinegar and something in it and tries to trap them in there. I was like, I'll put it in there and see what happens. But the problem is wasps have the same relatively the same sleep cycle as humans so he he was he also sleeping yeah <laughs> wait what how did you find that out did you i was googling oh yeah i was doing all my research he wanted your nice cozy bed <laughs> he was right above the bed too so it wasn't even like he was get out bitch i want to sleep i want to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and so I was such a little weenie that I made a bed in the living room. I slept in my living room. <laughs> I was too scared to sleep in my bedroom. <laughs> and in the morning, he was in the exact same spot. He had been sleeping all night long. Such a comfy rest for him. And that's crazy. Uh, so the wasp trap did did nothing. And I, it was pretty chilly that morning and I read that they don't really get moving until it's warm enough. And so I was like, fuck, he's going to be really sitting there for a while because it's still cold. And I went out to see a movie. (laughs) I was like, hopefully he'll be gone when I get back. And when I get back, two wasps in the room. (gasps) (gasps) Two two of them now. And I had opened my... This lady just gave us a room. You gotta move in. (laughs) It's great over here. I did know that my landlords had removed a wasp nest recently. And so I think these are stragglers that survived that are searching Mm. for their their nest or a place to build a new nest. So not great (laughs) for them to be deciding on my room. Uh, so then I had opened a window and it has a screen on it. I was checking for holes, no holes in the screen. And both of the wasps fly to the screen because they're trying to get out, but I'm scared of them. So I just closed the window again. So now they're closed in between the window and the screen, which uh-huh, is good because uh-huh, I uh-huh. can go around and pop the screen open. Let, let them out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got my landlord to help me. We did it. We got them out. Closed the window back up. I closed all the windows. And say a big few. Surely that's the that's the end of a <laughs> no. stressful no. day. Stressful no. twelve hours. Don't love this. I am doing dishes or something, thinking all my problems are solved. Walk into my room. Three wasps no! in the room. Three wasps now. 
So they got rid of the nest and all of them just went into your room. Like yes. what happened with me with the bees? Yes, yes. I remember you having They a were bee. just pumping bees from outside into my apartment. <laughs> yes. And so there's a little crack in the ceiling of my room. Oh. And I was like, fuck, they're coming in like through the walls. <laughs> and um, luckily that wasn't the case. And both of my landlords came in and their brothers and they bicker. It's really funny. And so they were just like arguing with each other. Like, don't, t- why are you scared of the wasp? Just kill the wasp. They were killing it with the fly, sw- killing them with fly swatters. Holy sorry, shit. S- sorry. Some wasps were harmed in the, in, well, in this, <laughs> in this story uh, situation. But those, yeah, those three did die. Um, I wanted to get them out, but they weren't, they weren't flying out this time. No. They were, looking for a place to set up shop. So eventually we found the hole on my third window where the AC is installed. There's like Mm. a window unit and there's a gap right above the AC that I couldn't see. That's where they were coming in. We filled it in, killed those three. And that is the end of the saga. There have been no more wasps in my room, but it was a whole fucking day of dealing with these wasps because then after the, after they killed the three, then it was, they were like spackling things in my room, making sure filling all the little nooks and crannies. And so they were here till like 5 PM. So it was like my whole day. Wow. And then you're going to be like paranoid. Every sound you hear, you're going to be like, is that another wasp? Yeah. Like thinking Oof. about it all the time. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you didn't get bit or either of your cats didn't. Cause I didn't know that wasps bite you. <laughs> I was going to correct you and say, you mean stung? They bite? Yeah, wasps bite you. That's really weird. What's their butt for? I feel like they pre- maybe do both. They definitely also sting, right? Someone recently That's corrected me about That's funny if they this. do both. It's really funny if they do both. Wait, wait, wait. Let me... Because I said sting recently and someone said no bite. Interesting. Wasp talk has been happening a lot in my <laughs> wasp life. Talk. Wasp talk is nonstop. <laughs> wasp talk is nonstop. Um, wasp bite. I'm Googling it. But I feel like don't they have a big stinger? On their butts? Yeah, it says wasp bite. Their primary mode of defense and offense is through stinging, but they also have specialized mouth parts that are designed Specialized mouth parts? (laughs) That are designed for chewing. For chewing and manipulating food, it says. Manipulating food. But that's what all mouths are for. Yeah. This is not unique to wasps. Specialized mouth parts that are designed (laughs) for chewing and manipulating food. That's what she's there for. <laughs> Wait, okay, now I'm mad about someone so, who corrected me earlier that they bite yeah, and you're not sting. Yeah, you're going to have to talk to know, them. And, it feels like really sure presumptuous to be like, um, bite, did you mean bite? It's like, we all know wasps sting. I'm sure it was Tim. That's the exact type of pedantic <laughs> thing that Tim would correct me on. I'm sure it was Tim. <laughs> Tim! And he says it with such deep confidence that I'm like, oh, I must be wrong. Yeah, of course. I don't double check the work. I need to double check the work more often. I think you've just explained the patriarchy. (laughs) (sighs) It would be so much better if it was horses. I wish it were horses. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, Big weeks. Big weeks. Big weeks. Okay, I'm excited to talk about this movie, you guys. Let's talk about this week's movie, which is No One Will Save You. It came out just earlier this year, 2023, Ooh. written and directed by Brian Duffield, starring Caitlin Deaver, and pretty much that's it. There are a few other people in oh, it, but damn. it's kind of a one-woman show. She's really 
carrying the whole thing Dang. on her back. She's incredible. The movie is streaming on Hulu. Great. That's very exciting. Um, but what's even more exciting is that we're not alone for this endeavor. We have a guest joining us this week. And <laughs> guys, this guest, they are a New York Times bestselling author uh, whose debut novel, Red, White, and Royal Blue, maybe you've freaking heard of it, was adapted <laughs> into a very popular feature film. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, we are so <laughs> thrilled and delighted to have them. Welcome to the pod, Casey McQuiston. <gasps> Hi. <laughs> I could not be any more excited to be oh. here. Longtime listener, first time being on the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, we're so happy to have you. We're so thrilled. Yeah. We're so wow, thrilled. Wow, we have so much to talk about. So much to talk about. But before we get into it, Casey, did anything scary happen to you this week? Yes. Oh no. Um, so... I'm just going to preempt this with content warning for snot. Okay. Oh, so just great. Just putting that out there now. Okay. <laughs> so I have a little dog. Um, her name is Pepper. She's like some kind of poodle iteration. I don't know. I got her from a shelter. Mm. She could be anything. And she's about 10. And so I'm, you know, I'm keeping an eye out for things yeah. as they come up. And this week I noticed she was having some trouble breathing through her nose. Mm. And I'm like, oh, we don't like that. Mm -mm. Um, and so um, I take her to the vet and she her, her diagnosis is seasonal allergies. Oh, <laughs> oh. Thank God. The most Which, ben like benign option. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Extremely on human Benadryl now. Uh -huh. um, right. But the scary part is that like I, I knew that dogs would get seasonal allergies. I have never seen a dog have so much snot come out of them. Oh, oh boy. And I didn't even know snot could come out of a dog's nose. Yeah. Um, and she has been sneezing just like, just like globs of snot. <laughs> Gross. And you can't like blow a dog's nose. Like how right, do you? You can't be like, here, do, no. do this. You just have to wipe it after the fact. After yeah. it's already gotten wherever it may go. <laughs> yes. And it has gotten a lot of places. Oh, oh um, no. Like slime trails. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's like. He, I, if she gets a Benadryl twice a day and in between that um, it's a lot of just like yeah like as if she is a toddler just like wiping her nose um, and and looking out for um, <laughs> wherever the splash zone may turn out to be yeah. <laughs> and um, so that has I mean it does not scary part is that it was nothing more serious and and she and I both have seasonal allergies yes. and so like I know what I know what to do about that um, but it was definitely. It was alarming, and then there is still an alarming amount of snot that is happening. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's tough. Does the Benadryl make Pepper sleepy? Yes. So that's the other thing is, like, she's a bit... She she, she do be snoozing, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, but, um, but that's... that's. I mean, she's 10, so she's, like, a Pretty big-time nap girl yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
that makes yeah. sense. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so that was my my semi scary thing of the my week. My cat is also sneezing a lot, and snot comes out <laughs> of his nose. And we recently had a a, a snot rocket right onto the couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> ooh, it really got all over. It was gross. Really I have gross. not thought about the phrase snot rocket in <laughs> so long. Does it feel like a grade school phrase, huh? <laughs> not in yeah. so long. Yeah. That's really bringing me back. Just, That's a nostalgic. It, it, it is <laughs> a perfect descriptor for what it is like, though. I mean, mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. shoots. Just shoots right out. Right out. Yeah. Launches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Term was Gross. coined for a reason. Well, I'm glad Pepper's okay. Yes. No, she's good. She's good. She's currently napping under my desk. Perfect. Casey, how do you feel about horror movies? I adore horror movies mm. i'm i'm a big horror fan um it's so funny when you guys first reached out it was like we can talk about a horror movie or like maybe a rom-com yeah, you know I since mean. you're like a rom-com author <laughs> and i was like let me tell you something about my psyche <laughs> which is um i don't i was so i was like i was a super like big scaredy cat growing up um i think the I saw Mars Attacks in the mm. theater at like a very tender age. Yep. I was like way too young to see Mars it. Mars Attacks is fucking scary. Mars Attacks is, especially when you're like seven. Yeah. Yep. And and previously before that, the scariest movie I'd ever seen was Babe. Um, mm. I did not like that that pig was talking. It was also so upsetting. I'm pretty sure I left the theater in the middle of the theater. I was too distraught about Babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I was a big time scaredy cat for a long time, did not think I could handle horror movies. And then as I got older, I learned that one of my favorite um, like anxiety coping mechanisms is just like consuming you know, information about the most horrible things that can possibly happen uh-huh. in the world. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this is like where a lot of us end up like listening to a lot of true crime podcasts or something like that. And for me, it is horror movies. Um, I My favorites are the ones that like, like, I like home invasions. Mm, I like psychological, too. like what's like the most messed up thing that a human being can do to another human being. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't like torture porn, but like, I do like, what was, what was the one that we all hated, but like also was really interesting to watch. Oh, speak no evil. Oh, I knew you were going to um, say that. <laughs> speak no evil yes. is haunts me, haunts me. Ha- I talk yeah. about, um, uh, invasive thoughts. Like I haven't really struggled with invasive thoughts until fucking speak no evil. <laughs> yeah, as far as, yeah, um, as, yeah. Yeah, tough, tough yeah. Wor- worst things humans can do to another intrusive thoughts. Not invasive yeah, thoughts. Um, yes. yeah. But man, they're effective. They're really doing what they're set out to do, huh? Yeah, and I think maybe it's because like anxiety is a fear of the unknown, and it's like, well, if I know all mm-hmm. of the worst possible things that could happen, like my other favorite podcasts um, are like about aviation disasters. Ooh, oh my god! Wait, I hear wait, you, see, you are wait. speaking my language. This I need all these recommendations. Wait, no, I'm also. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, I am also a vessel head. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I was a big time because you know I love my shipwrecks and aviation <laughs> disasters. Sound you know pretty similar. Yes, and then another podcast I love um, that you guys introduced me to actually is Tooth and Claw. Oh um, yeah, yeah. 
They're the best. Love those guys. But I listened to one episode and was like, this is <laughs> simply not for me. <laughs> Meanwhile, like making my coffee in the morning, I'm like, I, can't, I just need to hear about like what the Grizzlies are up to <gasps> these days. <Yep. laughs> you know, um, but all of that is to say, um, I feel like that's what kind of brought me to horror as an adult. And now I become like kind of a horror junkie and like my partner's super into horror. We both like have a pretty broad range of like I like all that kind of stuff and my partner likes like monster movies mm. and mm-hmm. um you know creature features and things like that and so it is like the go-to Friday night like what do you want to watch let's put on a scary movie um it just it's comforting to me for some reason I just I love horror this movie yeah. feels like a good merging of your and your partner's interests I feel like home invasion yes. monster it's alien but you know kind of yes Similar. Yeah, it's a home invasion creature feature. Yep. That's perfect. <laughs> yes. Had you seen this film before? Is this one you're familiar with or was this new to you? So I watched it when it first came out on Hulu. And then like shortly after that um, was when Emily DM'd me about coming on the pod because um, I've made no secret about uh, in my Instagram stories about being a big fan of the pod, <laughs> um, friend of the pod. Um, and, uh, and I was instantly like well do you guys have a plan to cover no one will save you because i was still thinking about it um and then i rewatched it last night and it's i don't think as scary the second time but i still really really enjoyed it sammy i'm so curious if you liked it um i really did and i wasn't sure if i was going to i had heard kind of mixed things about Mm -hmm. it and i was putting it off because i feel like I have a hard time focusing on movies in general a lot of the time. And I was like, something with no dialogue, I'm not going to be able to look away mm. at all at my phone. Uh, uh-huh. yes. That's like how I am with movies with subtitles. I'm like, well, I can't. There, mm-hmm. I just can't. I simply can't. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. I have, you know, a, a couple problems, but yeah. but overall, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Visually so cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm into it. Yeah, I I mean, I would watch Caitlin Deaver do just about anything. Yeah, Man, Caitlin Deaver's so cool. <laughs> that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I don't know if any of you watched Justified, but she was okay. on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, so jo- yes. Joel and I are currently, he's seen it before. This is my first time seeing it. And so I, we're now, I we just finished season three together. And yeah, I had no idea that Caitlin Deaver was in it until we got there. And she's yeah. like, young, like really young. Baby. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was so cool to see her in that and be like, oh, I didn't realize you were like fully a child actor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and still, yeah, so good even in that. Yeah. Fantastic. Love to see her always. Yeah. Love to see her always. Also love to love to know that that you're a fan of Justified. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really curious about, I've tried to get into Justified. I feel like I've tried watching the first episode a couple times. I have as well. And I couldn't get into it. The show really changes. The first season is not. The subsequent seasons, it really it like turns into a different show than it starts. I believe it. I Mm -hmm. believe it. People are obsessed with that show. I want to get into it. Also, Timothy Oliphant, come on! It's a great show. (laughs) show. Anyway, we're not we're not here to talk about Justified, but (laughs) this is now a Justified talk about it. Okay. I will tell us that No One Will Save You has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, 6.3 on IMDb. The budget was $22.8 million and no theatrical release. I think there right. was like a very limited run in just LA and New York for maybe one night only as a at mm. like the premiere night. But like a promo? 
Yeah, uh, but then straight to Hulu, similar to Prey, and I'm like mm. mad about it. I don't like this. I wanted to see Prey in theaters. I wanted to see this in theaters. Like, I just think horror movies make money in theaters. I don't know. Yeah. Why. And like, <clears throat> me, creature stuff is so cool to see on a big screen. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. some very, very cool stuff happening visually in this movie that I would have loved to see on an enormous screen. Me too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm, Disney, is it Disney that we're mad at? It's 20th Always. Century Fox. And then I think Disney bought it. And so, you know, I guess there's lots of reasons to be mad at them, but <laughs> add this to the list. Yeah. <laughs> add it to the list. And there's not a ton of trivia for this movie. The only thing I will say before we get into it is that there are only five words of dialogue in I'm this. so five curious words. what yeah. that means. Holy shit. It's an hour and 40 minutes, so it's not, you know, super Damn. quick. Damn. So this is like a one-person, mostly wordless performance. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is so that does make me want to see right. it just because that's, that's so like that is a feat yeah yeah fascinating damn yeah ooh, 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 ooh. i'm excited oh my gosh yeah i mean i think like i need to know what happens in this movie yeah, yeah. i'm ready okay let's get into it without further ado let's do it let's do it it's the bleakest time of the year so you know what that means we deserve to get cozy on the couch rewatch our favorite tiktok videos and drink a goddamn glass of wine If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras. 
because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, we open on sort of a slow, long distance shot, slowly zooming in of this beautiful two-story farmhouse. It's green and it's surrounded by dense forest on all sides. Fun fact, this was filmed in Slidell, Louisiana, which is actually very close to my hometown. Mm. Fun little detail for me. Um, And then we get big title card, no one will save you. Very ominous. So then we go inside the house and we see a young woman. This is Caitlin Deaver standing at her bathroom mirror. She just got out of the shower. She's got like super cute bathrobe, very cute towel. Everything about her life and her house is so cute. And I feel like this Mm -hmm. is a really important like visual setting to keep in mind Mm -hmm. is like how adorable and twee everything about Mm. this setting and the set and the set dressing is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's standing in the mirror and she's practicing smiling and waving at her reflection. Um, And then she's deliberating over a dress to wear and she's looking very nervous and tense. And we're getting the vibe that she's maybe like, is she agoraphobic? Has she not been outside of her house in a while? Mm. Okay. Maybe it's been a minute since she's ventured into the outside world. 
She goes downstairs. She goes into her basement workshop. She finishes sewing some dresses and packs them up to mail. And this is, I think, a very important moment for Etsy Queen representation in horror. <laughs> <laughs> because she is a small business owner and she is going to go. That's huge. That's huge. We don't see enough of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually found her so fun and interesting as a horror protagonist because she is so tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. That's different. Not often the vibe we get from our final girl. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she she's like walking around her house, which every detail, like there's hand painted murals. There's like little twinkly lights everywhere. It looks like everything is it's like an art project or something. It's almost like a bit childish even. Mm. Um, very cute. Everything is colorful. Um, and she downstairs in her living room she has um at this table that is covered in a huge display of birdhouses um that are set up like a little miniature town Mm. and this is clearly her pride and joy whoa fascinating yes and for me sammy i don't know about you but right away i'm thinking of the miniatures in hereditary and i'm not Mm -hmm. feeling great yeah we're not at ease by this Yeah, Yeah. it's very cute, but we're a little worried. (laughs) (laughs) It's about to be destroyed. Yes. So she walks outside with her packages. She's going to presumably mail them out. And she notices sort of a ring, like a scorch mark in her yard. Um, And she's like, Mm. hmm, looking annoyed, getting the garden hose, spraying it as if that's going to help. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she gets in her car and she drives into town. As she's driving into town, the first person we see her come across is this guy who's, you know, in his yard. Sammy, would you say it's I thought it seemed like she kind of maybe had a crush on this guy. Yes, I want to talk about this at the end, too, because Mm -hmm. I'm I mean, I guess it's yeah, it's never like explicitly said, but um, it does seem like someone she's, you know, nervous to wave to. Mm hmm. And we're thinking that, you know, we normally associate that nerve with like, well, oh, I have a crush on this person and I, I don't want to look like an idiot. But yes. then there's, you know, other things. We'll see. We'll get there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she waves to him and he looks disgusted by the sight of her. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. Like. Weird. He just, just repulsed to see her. Um, mm-hmm. And he just turns around, walks away. It does not respond. And she just kind of looks like. Not surprised by this reaction, just sort of put out. Huh. Okay. Yeah. She goes into town um, to mail her packages, and she's clearly, like, trying to get this done as fast as possible. No one in town will give her the time of day. She is... Mm. It's seeming... It's beginning to become clear that she is not well-liked in this town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And perhaps this is why she has not left home in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. She goes to the uh, graveyard, and I think it is a graveyard. We recently talked about the difference between a graveyard and a a, a cemetery, and I feel like this one is by a church. Yes. Yeah, if it's attached to a church, it's a graveyard. Very important distinction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And she sits down. She's sitting next to a grave, um, and and it's her mom's grave. And we know this because it very helpfully says, (laughs) loving mother, (laughs) loving mother of Bryn. Oh, yeah. Her her name is Bryn. (laughs) Yes, this is Bryn. Um, But yes, it says, loving mother to Bryn. This is only (laughs) biographical information on the tombstone. Uh Bryn's mom. 
So. <laughs> I just thought it was very funny um, that in case the viewer could not put that together, that is right. her loving mother. Yeah. Explicitly yeah. written out for us. It, like, we it, appreciate it puts that. it like in parentheses, loving mother. These, <laughs> these were the moments that I was getting annoyed with the no talking thing. It's mm-hmm. like mostly in this first act that it feels like a little forced at times where I'm just oh, like, right. all right, someone would say something or she would talk to herself. It doesn't have to be a lot. I think we could have just sprinkled a couple words in here. Cause yeah, yeah the loving mother to Bryn was like, all right, just <laughs> she could have just been like, hi mom. And yeah. that would have been enough. Yeah. Yeah. Given us seven words, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, that's just two more words. It's okay. Um, but so she notices there's other people at the, I put cemetery in my notes, but clearly this is a graveyard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and she's immediately like, oh shit. She gets up to leave. They're staring at her. She waves. No one waves back. It's, it's what getting, did she do? it's very hostile to Bryn in this town. Yeah. Oh, okay. Part of me is like, or is it just in her head? I mean, you said agoraphobia. So now I'm like worried that it's all in her head. It feels confusing in the beginning for sure. And you're like, what the fuck? is going on right because i would say like the extreme cuteness of her house is almost a little unsettling where i'm like is this mm. woman okay right. you know right. Right. Uh. yeah um so as she's walking to her car she sees an older couple walking down the street it is um the husband is in uniform um and he's like a She's the chief of police. And we notice that the name of the town on his badge is the same as the name of the town on the town hall in Bren's miniature birdhouse town at her mm. house. So we're getting that this miniature town is a miniature version of the town that she is not welcome in. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And she looks terrified when she sees these people and she like hides behind a car until they're gone. Did she mm. cause some sort of disaster in this town that. I mean, I guess we'll I'm find out. But now I'm like, find out. there's mm. people at the cemetery, sorry, graveyard. They're <laughs> mad at her. She's scared of the cop. I'm like, what did this cutie little girl do? Yeah. And this is the thing, too. And I think that's part of the cuteness is like, what could this woman be capable of to be uh-huh. deserving of such ire? Um, yeah. Okay. So. We go back to Bryn's house. She's sitting in a chair by the pond writing. And at this point, I'm like, Bryn's life seems awesome. I don't know why she wants to go into town. This is Henley's ideal life. Nobody's talking to exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah, this is like all, all you want. Honestly, this is the perfect film for me. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is what's this is what's going to happen to me if I if I'm not careful. Obviously, yeah. it's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so and she's writing a letter and it says, Dear Maud, I saw your parents today. And then the mailman arrives at Bren's house with delivery. She goes to get it. She's very excited about the delivery. And we see her open it and we get a nice good shot of the box cutter that she uses to open this package. <laughs> mm-hmm. And inside is a birdhouse, another birdhouse. This one is a little schoolhouse with a tower with a bell in it. Um, and she's very excited to add this to her miniature town. And then, and we get the only needle drop of the movie, which is a recurring song, which is Knock on Any Door, um, which mm-hmm. I'd never heard before. Sammy, did you know anything about this song before hearing no. it in this movie? 
But she does sing along to it for a little bit, and that's not counted towards the dialogue. Yes, it's not. <laughs> sure. It is not. Um, but she the, she puts this song on. It's like an old-timey, like, crooner sort of song. And then we see her practicing the waltz in her house. Like, she's got the old-timey, like, you know in, like, cartoons where they would have, like, little footprints on the floor that you, like, put your feet on to, like, practice yes. uh-huh. waltzing? She has those, like, stuck on her floor. And she is, like, wearing a very cute dress and, like, waltzing herself around her house. Um, she's making herself dinner. She's having her cute little solo night routine. Um, she, somebody calls her phone and she just like picks it up very cheerfully and puts it right back down. Like she's not answering her phone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, um, and she sits and has dinner for one in her garden. Again, Bryn's life looks amazing. And throughout all of this, she's continuing to write her letter to Maud. And she's writing stuff like, I can't believe it's been 10 years. I miss you. I don't think I'll ever forgive myself. And she addresses the envelope to Maud Collins. And at this point, we're like, Bryn, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what happened? What happened? And we get a photo of young Maud and Bryn together. And just in case... We're confused. It says Mod plus Bryn BFF. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would have. Ga- I, I gathered that, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Mod is Bryn's BFF. We have we don't know what happened to Mod, but it's been 10 years since they've seen each other. So at this point, Bryn goes to sleep. Um, Sammy, would you like to describe what begins to happen next? Um, all the, the, so the lights are all off and all the lights turn on in the middle of the night, which you'd think normally of the lights turning off being scary. All the lights turning on looks mm. just as scary. Just, yeah, uh, really I, scary. Honestly, if I, oh, oh God, if I were, I just tried picturing it being in my bed at night and, and then all the lights were on. Every oh, light so in the scary. whole house, including, nope. I mean, she has strings of lights hung up by the little model town. And she doesn't notice it. She's asleep at this point. And then they turn off. Then there's a loud crash outside of her window that wakes her up and an ominous breeze blowing in and she wakes up. She's wearing a nasty nightgown. You better believe that. I thought I I saw that in the trailer. I would say it's not nasty yet. It's right now a very twee nightgown and it's going to become a nasty nightgown. (laughs) Uh, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. And she looks out her window and she sees the trash can is knocked over and she gets this look on her face like, ah, it's those pesky raccoons, um, which, you know, it's never the raccoons. No. no. She starts like getting ready to go down to deal with it, which is yeah. like the middle of the night. She's putting on her little slippers. It's like, are all the lights deal with on? It in the morning? No, they're off now, but she's trying okay, to turn okay. them back on. And they're not turning on. So I guess maybe she's trying to figure out the lights, but I don't know. And maybe this is a me problem, but I feel like I would just go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly would not leave my room. No, no. No. Um, But so power's out. She's going down to deal with this. She looks down the stairs and the front door is just kind of creepily ajar, which is something we hate to see. I think when I think of like... Top 10 scariest things you could ever see. It's like the front door of your house being slightly open in the middle of the night. Yep. Oh, awful. That happened awful. to me once and it scared oh. the shit out of me. Oh, well, God. Our front door in LA blew open. Mm. And I think it's just because we hadn't closed it fully, but it like 
blew open in the middle of the night and it woke both Tim and I up and I obviously made Tim go close it. It's <laughs> really scary. But Tim also sleeps completely in the nude and so he doesn't have to like go do that completely <laughs> naked and that is a really vulnerable thing to make someone else do. I, I mean, I would have like at least put on some undies to do that. If it was we were, it was so scary and so, you know, you like want to deal with it immediately. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like to imagine if it was an intruder, Tim would have had to do the like Eastern Promises naked fight. <laughs> Tim definitely would have fought him. That's exactly what Tim would have done. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not right. Vibe. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so um, we hear this little jingle jingle. It is the bell in the schoolhouse birdhouse that she just Ooh. got. And we see a shadow of someone moving around the living room. It's so fucking scary. Yeah. Someone's in the house. And Mm -mm. at this point, we have Mm -mm. no indication yet that there's going to be anything supernatural or extraterrestrial happening. So it is coming across as like straightforward home invasion. Mm. But then it begins this, this, this thing that's in the house begins chittering, which we, we don't like that even more. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it makes some really non-human noises <sighs> as it's exploring the downstairs area. She's upstairs. And yeah, just in this moment, I was, I, I mean, I said before, I can't imagine anything scarier than mm-hmm. <laughs> like looking down your staircase into your house and there's a non-human entity thing in yeah. there just oh. making little noises going through your shit. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's non-human and very distinctly also non-animal. Um, and it's like it's running, yep. it's kind of like running and scuttling around, and we can hear that it only has two feet. It sounds like they're bare feet, just like slapping against the floor. <gasps> oh my god, gross! <laughs> and we, we don't. We can sort of see a blur through the window, and I can tell you right now, we do not care for the shape of this thing. Yeah, it's humanoid, but it's just not right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And Bryn's kind of frozen on the stairs, terrified, looking through this grate in the staircase, sort of seeing these two points of light staring back at her. And it's that thing like where you see something in the darkness and you just stare at it and stare at it to like try and figure out, like, am I seeing something? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it moves and it moves like way too fast and runs away. <gasps> It just, I can't, like, I think they did such a good job of the way that this, these aliens move. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it's so wrong the way that they move. Mm. I, I saw some review on Letterboxd that was like, these aliens are really into voguing. <laughs> they, like, <laughs> they kind of like fantasy arm things. Yeah. And, do they freeze and vogue? Like do yes. they pose? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, so Bryn runs back upstairs. Um she tries to hide under the bed, and this is where um, her twee hobbies are making her life imperiled because there's knitting yep. supplies under the bed. There's too many things under there. She can't get under the bed, mm-hmm. yep. which I thought was very funny, mm-hmm. which would happen to me for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, it's just a hundred T-shirts I'll never wear again, yet somehow cannot throw out. And <laughs> yeah. why are they all under my bed? I don't know. I really regret that. With the, it's cost when me my life, these here. goddamn T-shirts. <laughs> So, um, so she jumps over the bed, um, and this next shot is just like, 
it's the in the foreground is Bren like sitting on the other side of the bed, and in the background we just see the door kind of slowly creak open, Ugh. and just standing motionlessly in the doorway, <laughs> it, we see for the first time an alien. <sighs> He's your classic big head, skinny body. It's like a gray. Yeah. Gray. Okay. The, the gray big eyes. Yeah. At, at first I was like unimpressed with the alien design. Yeah. So I was like, this is pretty basic stuff. But then there are other elements to the alien yeah. design that are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Standing on two feet. How tall, how tall is this alien? Mm. How big is he? Good question. Probably uh, it's, I think it's smaller than her. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a four, five, four, like four. four foot, four foot, something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, got okay. it. Okay, but his proportions are just not something you love to see. Just like yeah, big rib cage, tiny. Ooh, ooh, yeah, no, like tiny tummy. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ugh. and he just kind of stands there, <laughs> and then approaches the bed, and his hands are moving, and it's like really like none of him is moving except for his hands, and they're moving in this really fucked Twitchy. up sort of yeah, ooh, ooh, like, like yeah, like like antenna. Almost. Ew. Ew. Yeah, he's like sensing the environment. Um, and Bryn's like crawling under the bed. He's climbing around. He jumps over the side of the bed. And <laughs> we get this shot from Bryn's point of view. And this is like where I was like, oh, this alien design is not something I've actually seen before. <laughs> because we just see his feet. And I, I just like, I need to tell you how not okay the feet look. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So I'm going to try and describe this in Sammy. If, if there's any details that I'm missing, please add them. But so imagine like a really long, skinny human foot standing on its tiptoes. Uh-huh. But instead of toes, it has fingers that are sort of like <laughs> gripping the floor like spider legs. Like spider Ew. leg finger toes. That is awful, 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 awful. Awful. And they're very dexterous. They're like <laughs> moving like they're going up and down, raising yeah. and lowering Ew. the foot. <laughs> and they can they kind of lift him up and like none of his body moves but the finger toes and it's kind of scuttling <laughs> around like a crab. Oh my god. <laughs> horrifying horrifying yeah like 360 degrees of scuttle range of motion yeah no and he goes to the window and he makes um a sound that i thought sounded a lot like a vessel horn like a boat horn Mm -hmm. for all you vessel heads at home yep yep and then he just climbs out the window and he's gone and bren jumps up and closes the window and she's really scared but she's like okay thank fucking god he's gone and then she remembers that front door is still open the wasps. Oh, no. It's like the wasps. The wasps. Are gonna it's like the wasps. You can never relax. <laughs> you gotta find the source of entry. You gotta be vigilant. The point of entry. Yeah. And so, Sammy, I would love to hear your thoughts on um, her weapon of choice as she heads back down the stairs. I only noticed it in my rewatch because I watched it when it was a little too light outside the first time. And this is a dark movie. This is a dark movie. You're yeah. going to want to watch this in darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is armed with a curling iron. That's un- okay. un- un- unplugged. unplugged. I mean, obviously, because she has to move around with it. But sure, uh, you know, not hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not yeah, sure. Not what- a lot of damage you can do with mm-hmm. that. I mean, it would hurt to get hit in the head with one. Yeah, She's I mean, it. it's sort of like a knife. Well, that's not how you use it. <laughs> you gotta use it like a baton. Also, this is the first time that, that I'm thinking about like a hot curling iron is a pretty damn good weapon. Yeah, if yeah. it's hot. If you could have like, if there were like a cordless 
hot curling iron. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to bring this up, but there is a horrible scene in Sleepaway Camp. I know, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. That's not what I mean, that's not what I mean. But yeah, it's a very funny weapon. But I'm, I, she's just grabbing at whatever. I'm sure she's just desperate yeah, sure, for it. She's like a little too cute. She doesn't have weapons. Yeah. So she is hearing them on the roof now. She's like, she runs down these stairs. She shuts the front door. She locks it. She's like, oh thank God. Okay, this is now done again. And then all the lights come back on. <laughs> no, everyone no. flashing. No. The music turns on. TV turns on. It's loud. No. Yeah. Very, very scary. Jump scare. Mm-hmm. Incredibly mm-hmm. stressful. She's in for a long night. Yeah. You guys. Mm-hmm. So she's runs into the kitchen. She's going for the phone. Um, doors are flying open. Refrigerator doors like opening and closing. She's like, OK, I'm going to run back to the living room. And then there's like one of the gray guys just slowly coming down the stairs, just sort of gliding oh. down the stairs. <gasps> And then she runs back to the kitchen. She kind of tucks herself into this little nook between the counter and the fridge. And it gets quiet again. And she's looking at the phone like, maybe I can reach it. And then um, we see a long, skinny, creepy hand sort of shoot <laughs> out and grab the phone and we and like hang it up. And Bryn gasps and the alien notices her and just telepathically throws this fridge door open and pins her Ooh. and traps her in her little nook. And then we see the little scuttling feet under the door as coming over. And we see this like really, really unpleasantly long finger, like yeah, reach, too long. Way too long. reaching up over the the top of the fridge door. And these, Ew. yeah, these fingies, they're real long. Um, <laughs> and uh, just sort of slowly curls over the top of the door and then another and then his like big gray noggin coming up. And we see his eyes and Bren just throws this door into his face and runs away. Um, she's running through the house. Lights are going crazy. Stuff is flying. Glass is shattering. And then the front door is blasted off the hinges and just like crashes into her face. Just like full door to the face. Just rings her bell real good. Um, and just flattens, like knocks her down into the floor, flattens her. And... She starts crawling away, but um, our gray boy is in pursuit and she's crawling towards her miniature town and he telepathically flips that table over, which I oh, I was no. it's so upsetting. The miniature town is destroyed. Yeah. Oh, so much work. So many hours. So many yeah. hours lost. Yeah. Lost. And then there's like kind of a hard to describe action moment sammy can you describe what is what happens next she's crawling towards the table i think in pursuit of a better weapon than (laughs) what though she's dropped the curling iron by now she's unmatched here um she's just scrambling for anything while the alien is telepathically Telekinetically, what is it? Which one is it? Telekinesis, I guess. Yes, sorry, that's correct. Move things. Yeah, yeah, is pulling her back towards him, and she's scrambling and grabbing at things on the floor. And I actually don't know what she grabs, but it's pulling her quickly up to up to him and turns her around to face him. And she swings whatever she has grabbed. We don't see it like right away, but we know something has just happened. They both freeze 
and we see that she has impaled one of the models or something into so his head. It's the bell tower from the schoolhouse. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like a big thing and it's all the way in his brain. Mm. Presumably we don't know their anatomy, but <laughs> she did some damage, but she didn't kill him. Oh no, he's dead. He does. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind dead. of a okay. drawn out. They look at each other both in shock as he dies and is like sputtering and like making noises and then falls over and falls onto her but then she yeah like moves him onto the floor yeah he's dead she killed an alien she yeah cool holy shit she's doing great and i kind of at this point which is probably because we had just watched et was like how do we know he was bad alien i mean (laughs) i I mean through Mm -hmm. the course of the fight i think we learned but i feel like she immediately is like these are bad aliens and i kind of was like Maybe try talking to him. <laughs> I had that yeah. too, but he Use destroyed a few her, of your five words. He destroyed her um, miniature town for no yeah. reason. Yeah, so. that was the that was the end of the yeah end of the. Line. He had to die mm-hmm. after that for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she kind of sits down in shock and sits there until the next morning. Next morning, she's still sitting in the same spot in shock, and she now has this dead alien in her house. This is the first 20 minutes of the movie, by the way. Yeah, this, I'm and sorry. I'm gonna, like, I need to pick up the pace. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, where the hell is this movie going to go from here? We've already fully seen the aliens. It, like, starts right in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there uh, other aliens? Like, I mean, was oh. there only one in the, her house that night? And there, were, there weren't multiple aliens. We'll see. I, we'll see. We're going to yes, see. there are obviously going to be more aliens. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. So... Her phone's still not working. She's got to go into town. Oh, no. And she changes into a super cute outfit for this. What <laughs> year do you think this is? Because it's definitely like not present day, I think. Right? I mean, she doesn't seem to have a cell phone. There's no... I didn't see any cell phone. She has like an old rotary phone with the little dial numbers. And... Uh, but, but maybe she's just The style like is kind of 70s. Mm-hmm. But it's... So oh. she doesn't go back in time. That's no. what I thought from the trailer. No. I thought no. that all of oh, a sudden she went back That's in time. That's just her vibe. That's just That's her vibe. That's just her vibe. I know. It's like it could be set in a different era or she could be just like one of those girls who <laughs> is that way. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think there's like scenes later where it's, you see some of the cars in the town and I think they are from a different era. There's like a bus yeah. that looks like an older okay. era of bus, but it's not explicitly stated when in time we are, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Um. So she grabs her bike. Oh, but yeah, she puts on the super cute outfit, like a, a floral blouse and like high waisted corduroys and a really cute belt. She's looking fantastic. Okay, um, great. She's biking to town. She comes across the mail truck. It is upside down. Um, it's empty and it's outside the house where that like cute guy was mean to her. Um, mm. and that house is also looking fucked up, and. She looks really scared, and from above, we see the yard of this house, and there are circles, like rings burned <gasps> into the lawn, like there were, mm. like there was at Bren's house. And Bren runs away, runs to town, and people are like staring, like heads are turning as Bryn walks by. Um, and she walks into the police department for help, and she walks straight into that couple that she was hiding from when she was at the graveyard. 
And we kind of put together from the name on his badge that this is these are Maud's parents, her friend Maud, mm-hmm. BFF Maud. Mm-hmm. And they do not look happy to see her. And Maud's mom fully spits in her face. Whoa. Like, and, and it's a good one. Um, and Brent just and Brent just takes it like as yep. if this is something she thinks she deserves. Yeah. Whoa. Jeez. Oh, and they walk out and Bren realizes that that she has no one to turn to and no one in this town is going to help her because um, everyone oh. hates her. And she's like, oh. fuck it. I'm going to buy a bus ticket. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to start a new life. And she's looking yeah. actually pretty, I would say, like, relieved about this realization. Yeah. yeah. I would say it sounds like she should have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so she gets on a bus. She's got like, she's like incognito now. She's got like sunglasses and like a little tourist hat on, which I thought was fun. <laughs> Great. Um, and she's smiling as the bus leaves town. But we notice sort of like blurred in the background. There's a guy sitting on the back row of the bus. And Sammy, did you clock who this man was right away? No. It was the mailman. Oh, sitting in the back row of the bus. The mailman who was not in his flipped over mail truck is sitting in the back of the bus. Mm. And we kind of from overhead, we get another one of these overhead shots. This movie really likes to do of the bus passing through the outskirts of town. And every single yard has scorched rings in it. Oh, no. Uh The guy from the back row comes and sits behind Bryn and he's kind of like wheezing. (laughs) And Bren's like, I don't like this. And she gets up and he grabs her and he gets right up in her ear and he's gurgling. And we oh. see his throat. And there is something wiggling in there. <gasps> oh! there <laughs> there's, a, there's something wiggling. Um, <gasps> and she pushes him off. And some of the other passengers start trying to grab her. Um, some <gasps> people on the bus are screaming, but some of them are like trying to grab her and their throats are also wiggling. Yeah. It looks almost yeah, like a little like spider shape wiggling in their throat. Yeah. Something's crawling around in there and is not a wasp. It's something bigger. It's bigger. Ugh. It's worse. It's worse than a wasp if you can believe I it. I hate this. <laughs> yeah. So she gets off this bus. She runs away. Um, she runs until she finds a church and it's locked. Um, which I'm it was upsetting to her, but she looks over and she notices the graveyard attached to this church. And she's kind of looks like annoyed and disbelieving, but sort of just like, well, since I'm here um, and she walks over to the graveyard and she walks up to a grave and it's Maud's grave. And yeah. we see um. that sh- that Maud died at age 12. Mm. Fuck. And Bren's crying, looking at this grave and then this really big evil looking cloud starts to roll in sort of like um and i'm thinking of like nope how the yeah, yeah like how the flying saucer disguises itself as a cloud yep it, yeah. it's like a cloud that looks not of this world yeah. <laughs> it's a really yeah. bad looking cloud yeah <laughs> very a cloud with ill intent for sure yeah <laughs> so she takes off running again um and and she's running and on her way home, she passes the house, like the the her maybe crush's house. 
And this time there are like about 10 people in the yard and they are all just sort of standing there and they're staring up at the sky with one hand raised, sort of like in a, like a, I don't, how would you describe this to me? The, the thing that it made me think, which is probably not what was happening, but it was almost like they were charging, like they're yeah. being charged by the mm. cloud. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. they are kind of out of it and just twitching, and we see all their little throats moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brink keeps running till she gets home, um, and the alien is still dead where she left it, and she had thrown like a really cute throw blanket over it, which I thought was fun. <laughs> um, and but there's like a snail trail um, on the floor, and she lifts the blanket, oh. and it looks like something has crawled out of its mouth and sort of like squirmed oh, away. Oh, gross. And, at this point, Bren puts her game face on. It's getting it's getting dark now, and so yeah. she's like, oh, "Fuck no. something! Yeah. I gotta gear up! I gotta gear up!" Yeah, and I loved this gearing up montage. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out the world's tiniest lighter. Um, nice, <laughs> nice. Because she has no power, but she has gas, and so she starts putting pots full of water on the stove to boil. Um, she mm. gets out the tight the box cutter we saw her use to open her mm-hmm. birdhouse delivery, um, and she mm-hmm. puts up a quilt over her front door. It's like she defends herself in her like Bryn twee adorable ways. The blanket right. over mm-hmm. the door is really funny, and I mean I don't know what else you would do, but the front door has been blown off its hinges, and so she hang- she nails up a blanket, it's a little blanket. To pattern, <laughs> like mm, I don't know if that's. Gonna stop that it. Not cut it. <laughs> yeah. At least people can't see right yeah, into yeah. your house it's anymore. So, it's better yeah. than nothing, I guess. But I was like, mm, maybe she's she's doing her best. She's shuttering the windows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the nails just sort of start falling out one by one of this quilt. She's just nailed up, and mm. then a huge beam of light blasts into the house through this like opening in the front door, and it lifts up the alien and levitates him out of like the dead alien levitates him out of the house like collecting him yeah yep and thankfully they leave behind the cute throw blanket (laughs) (laughs) we don't need that yeah and then there's like more lights coming through the windows like they're scanning for something and so Bryn runs down to the basement another alien comes in and it's once again like out of focus in the background and finally we see her grab like an actual weapon she grabs her fabric shears there we go okay Another twee weapon, but a yeah. weapon nonetheless. <laughs> they are they are large and they are sharp. Yep. Great. That's all we need. This scene really reminded me of um Jurassic Park. The like yes. m- moving around. It's oh, like a the really tense scene. Yes. It reminded me of the raptor scene where she's just like edging around the corners, Ooh! barely escaping being seen. It's done really well. And like a, this like like a f- like a, a dress dummy falls over and she turns to look and then she turns back and there's an alien just kind of like squatting right, right, in, front of her. Her. right in front of her. And it's just like looking <sighs> at her like very curiously, just like squatting. Huh. And how would you describe, because this is a different, like a slightly different alien form. How would you describe, this alien is shaped different. Yes. Mm. Uh, the first one was more humanoid in shape. This one has, it's like more 
either insecty or praying mantisy where the arms and legs <laughs> bend at these Seriously. really sharp angles so that oh, they yeah. crouch down into looking like little spiders or something. Um, but he's mm-hmm. also he's also small around the same size as the other one, but just moves a little differently. Or maybe the other one could also move like this and we just didn't see that. Mm. I thought this one gave me the vibe of being sort of like... um like almost dog-like, like they had released mm. like a hound to come mm. and like oh, like their pet. Her. Yes, and it has like, yeah. and it moves kind of like in a golem sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. And yeah. yeah, it's like kind of running on all fours type of vibes. Yep. Um, okay. And it has like very long arms, very big hands. They fight, uh, it jumps on her, she bites it, and like, <laughs> ew. So then spits out the blood and we get like, it seems like it tastes real bad. Ew, ew, ew. Can't just taste an alien. <laughs> And then we're in the kitchen and she starts throwing those pots of boiling water at it. And that's we, really smart. I like that move. We'd love to see it. Um, and it's working. Um, and she's starting to get the upper hand and then another huge beam of light blasts through the front door and into the house. And her pot gets like stuck in it as she's trying to like swing it at the alien. I thought which, that was very cool. It like crushes the pot. It yeah. flattens the pot instantly. So we know the force of this beam Whoa. is intense yeah. but the other the alien is able to just like walk straight through it and back her into another room and then did it you just see stop- that the Wait. alien was had a little teeth chatter in this moment as it's going oh. through the light it goes Ew. Ew. i really don't like Ew. that i really don't like that yeah they're doing a lot the sounds they make are really cool very chittery very like yeah <laughs> um yeah i hate to have a chattery alien yeah yeah but so it backs her into another room and then it just stops and it puts its really long, creepy arms up and it folds its body in like an X position, like crouching down. It's kind of and like how spiders oh. die, I feel like. Yeah. And it's not looking like oh. it's not looking like it's dead, but it's looking like it's shutting down or something. It just is very weird. We're like, what the fuck is it doing? It like goes <laughs> into standby mode, just like. <laughs> yeah. And um, it just stays like that, just staring at her, which like somehow is worse than it advancing because it seems like yeah it's like really unnerving yes um and bren's like backing away she gets into a bathroom and then it like it seems like it was like maybe like charging up for an attack because then it attacks yeah so it like attacks the door it breaks the door she's trying to get out the window it pulls her back in she's fighting it with a mop and then it breaks the mop and now she's got a pointy stick which she uses Mm. preferable to Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She skewers it into the bathroom cabinet and pins it there. Ew. And then she grabs the cabinet door and smashes its head in the cabinet door and it is dead. This is two kills for Bren. Pretty good. Wow. Bren. Okay. Pretty good. Wow. I'm worried for the other shoe to drop though, you know? It's like well, what's what do these kills mean? Yeah. And I think this is what I'm thinking too. Um and I'm like she's having more success than I'm expecting. Right, right. Mm. So she gets outside finally and she thinks like, okay, I can breathe for a second, but there's this shed outside and we see over the top of the shed the reflection of these two shiny eyes. <laughs> Oof. And a head starts to peek out from behind the roof and it's another alien presumably presumably perched on this roof. And then come its arms. And these arms... <laughs> Are they're triple jointed, so they've got like ew, ew. they're they're bent in three places, mm-hmm. and they Ugh. are probably about ten feet long. 
This one is huge. This one's huge. And its arms start to come up in this like weird shape. And then it steps out from behind the shed. And we realize it was not perched on the top of the shed. It is as tall as the shed and was like behind the shed. <gasps> just standing. Oh, That's no. just how big All it is. All these aliens are different too. Yes. This is interesting. So They're all different from each other. Yeah. In my notes, I just call this one leggy boy. This boy is very <laughs> leggy. leggy. Okay. So he's got like two arms and two legs and they're both like probably like 12 feet long with lots of joints. Ew, ew. And so she turns to run away and there's the mailman. He grabbed the mailman's in her yard. He grabs her by the hair and he starts dragging her toward this alien. And and we start to see for the first time the ship approaching overhead. It's like a big black flying saucer. Am I am I missing anything in the description of that ship? Just that l- leggy guy does a bunch of arm signals before the ship arrives, like, and this is when yeah. he's like voguing, where yes. he does all these weird little oh, shapes great. with his arm, and I, I I feel like he was signaling uh, the ship, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, air traffic control. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is like I would say like one of the most memorable like images of this movie is just the shapes that this guy is making with Mm -hmm. his big long arms um and he's signaling the ship the ship is like flashing and pulsing in response and um bren manages to get away from the mailman before he can get her to the ship and she kicks him and he falls backwards and like a beam comes down from the ship and catches him sort of like midway through this fall so he's like snapped into a back bend like half of his lower body outside the beam upper body inside the beam and looks real bad and painful and it starts lifting him up to the ship and then realizes this is not what we were trying to get (gasps) and just drops him right back down um to earth and something i thought was important to note was when he falls down we see where the beam was is the ring burnt into the grass so now we know Uh what all those rings were yep okay Leggy guy looks sad about this. He looks disappointed because the ship flies away, I believe, right? And yeah, and there's like a close up on the big guy's face being like, oh man, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) I'm gonna be in so much trouble with my boss. Yeah, (laughs) dang it. Um, and so, uh, Bryn's getting the fuck out of there now, and Leggy Boy is chasing her in a way we don't like. It's like climbing over the house. Uh, she's running toward Mm. her car, which, by the way, already didn't start. Yeah, she checked the car. Mm. Not working. Yes. And then I thought this was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) the... (laughs) <laughs> like what tell us what happened to Sammy. uh big guy is crawling over the house and you're seeing his big nasty hands going into the <laughs> roof and he's climbing around again like a spider insect looks like he can climb in any which direction but he grabs one of the like banisters in the front of the house and it looks like the angle just throws him off or something and he falls and he just like wipes out in front oh. of her and looks like a total idiot <laughs> it's really what funny. a loser <laughs> yeah. it's a, he's humiliating, he humiliating. All humiliating. Over. it's yeah. all the way over so embarrassing so embarrassing he's already his boss is already mad at him and now he's embarrassed he's having himself. a hard day yeah. and then his head like his eyes pop open and he just like without even rolling back over like he's on his back and he just starts to like he just gets back up on his legs and so now he's like exorcist style like backbend crab walking um, oh that's worse running at her yeah which is worse mm-hmm. um chases her 
through her car and then gets trapped inside her car and it's like punching through the floor and through the gas tank so like gas is leaking and Bryn takes out her teeny tiny little lighter <laughs> and just lights that thing up and the car explodes and Spidey oh, shit. Lucky Boy burns to death that's three kills for Bryn and one Whoa, really Bryn. big guy she's doing really well yeah it's a big Whoa. boy this is probably okay. like I would guess like a closer that they send they're like alright uh-huh. she's taken out too let's send down Lucky Boy and it's yeah didn't yeah. go well for him. Wow. Impressive. Okay. And so now another huge beam comes down from the ship and this time it's chasing mm. her. She runs inside her house and she runs up to a room, closest door behind her, and there's a sign on it that says Brinny Bird. And it looks like this is like her childhood bedroom. So it's not her mm. her bedroom, it's her childhood bedroom. Oh. And um another alien has gotten into the house. This is a more like standard gray boy um like humanoid looking alien and it opens the door and walks in and this room is covered wall to wall with photos and cards and all of the photos are of mod and all of the cards are addressed to mod there are hundreds of these things it's like a mod shrine it's like every oh. letter she's written to like it's clear that one of her things she does is write letters to mod we saw her doing one earlier in the in the right. movie and they're all hung up in this room. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, and the alien is kind of seems captivated by this room. And it's like looking around and investigating and observing all of this, like studying it. Um, and Brynn takes this opportunity to sneak up on him. But as she goes to like hit him with like a trophy or something that she's found, it just he just kind of like without even looking away, just twitches a finger, throws her through a wall. Um, oh, shit. And just continues like intently studying these pictures she starts to crawl away she oh and then okay as she walks past the door this is another cool thing about how the aliens move is that it's she's walk she's like crawling behind this alien and he turns around by like individually flipping each part of his body 180 Mm. degrees so like his feet just go like whoop and then his hips and and it's yeah. (laughs) yeah very very gross um Anyway, she goes into her bedroom and it, all of her stuff has been thrown to the side and she kind of has this look on her face like, oh, this is a trap. And then this huge <gasps> beam of light comes in. This time it's red. It's been like blue before and now it's red. So this huge beam of light comes in, hits her and she's frozen in place. And like she literally can't move anything but just her eyes. So her eyes are like Oof. darting around. It throws her up to the ceiling, throws her down to the floor pins her up to the ceiling and then this alien that's in the house comes in and looks up at her and just starts to slowly levitate up to her until they're ew, like ew, face ew. to face <laughs> ew. this sequence is so cool it's like done so well yeah yeah it's it's really cool she's it's levitating up to her it's making these like rhythmic chittering sounds now like almost like he's like chanting something or trying to communicate something and then his eyes just roll back in his head as he's like really close to her face and he starts gagging Ew. Uh, and something starts crawling no! up his throat. No, 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 <laughs> and she's no, frozen. No. She's immobile. She can't move. We just see her wide eyes. No. <laughs> yes. And then um this thing comes out of its mouth. It's like sort of like looks like um like an anemone. Like yeah. sea anemone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or like um what are those called? Like a scoosh ball? Yeah, it's just like a wormy ball. 
Yeah. <laughs> Floats over to Brynn. The alien opens its mouth and like that forces Brynn's mouth to like telekinetically open, mm-hmm. like to mimic him. Oh, and this squishy oh thing floats right into her mouth oh and God. floats down her throat. And then <laughs> Brynn wakes up screaming. It's daytime. She's in her bed. Mm. Everything's normal. House is in perfect order. Nothing broken. Mm. No- nothing astray. Mm. Birdhouse village intact. Yep. Mm. She cries mm. and then she laughs and she realizes it's all a dream. It was it was all a dream. She's so mm. relieved. Mm-hmm. And she hears mm-hmm. people in her yard and she looks outside and it's all of the townspeople who hate her and they're doing yard work for her. <laughs> um, and she, she walks downtown. Her miniature town is back, baby. Um, she walks over. She jingles mm. that little bell in the bell tower. Everything's mm. good. Life's she hears good. like, yeah, she hears children laughing uh, <laughs> and she turns and she sees a woman walking toward her and she sort of just like collapses to the floor, just like overwhelmed with emotion. And this woman is around Bren's age um, and she mm. has red hair. And in all of the photos of Maud, she had red hair mm. and she's smiling. And Bryn is so happy to see her. And she kneels down and Bryn touches her hair and Bryn's crying. And this is when we get the five words of the movie. And mm. Sammy, you want to tell us what those five words are? Yeah. Caitlin Deaver is freaking knocking this out of the park, too. She looks so overcome with emotion as she is seeing Maud. And she says, tears falling from her eyes, I'm sorry, Maud. I'm sorry. Well, okay. And Maud smiles. And then um, Bryn reaches her entire fist into her mouth and down her throat and pulls out the anemone. <laughs> wow. Okay. And immediately we cut back to nighttime outside Bryn's house. Bryn covered in like bruises and soot and guts on her knees in the yard with this anemone in her fist. Damn, she did it. Okay. She did it. Yeah. And she tries to like crush it. Yeah. Which is so sick. We love her. Yeah. Um, oh. But it crawls away. It like squishes out of her fist and crawls Ew. away. Ew. Ew. And then the ship comes back and a yellow beam comes down this time. It's a new color. And it like gets the bug. Like the we're getting the sense that this is like at this point, I'm I'm getting a sense this is like a parasite that like kind of yes. yeah. its host. And my my theory is that like even the gray men are like being piloted by this anemone mm. because of that's why they like don't know how to move their bodies right. Mm. Um, mm. But definitely this is what's piloting the people in town who've been attacking her. And mm-hmm. nice that I feel yeah. like they're each at least living a little fantasy world of mm-hmm. maybe everything being perfect and beautiful in their own minds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so this beam comes down and it's like on the anemone um, and we see a human looking body start to form in the beam and the bug, the anemone like crawls up into the mouth of this being that's being formed and that mouth looks a whole lot like Bryn's mouth. Um, And as we zoom out, we see there's like dozens of ships in the sky with beams like this too. Bren runs off into the woods, and then she, at some point she just turns around and she sees a perfect copy of Bren, another Bren standing Uh-oh. there in the woods with her. Ruh-roh. And they just they stare at each other. They get really close, and then you hear just a stabbing sound, 
And yeah. Bren looks down and her copy has stabbed her in the stomach after all the stuff she has survived. And she gasps and then she gets stabbed again and she kind of <gasps> falls into her clone. And this clone is just like dead face, like nothing. It's just like an empty copy with a, with a being piloted by a sea anemone. Mm-hmm. It looks like she this is it for Bren, like she's going to die. And then Bren pulls back and we hear a little like Shh. and the copy grabs her neck and we see the box cutter in Bren's hand. Um, she has slashed her clone's jugular wow. or some some vein. Yep. We had no reason to make fun of these um, make fun of these instruments of weapon choices. Box cutters always a good one. Box cutters a good one. Yeah. Um, and I really this is my favorite part of the whole movie for me. So the her copy of Bren, like Bren, another Bren. They kind of fall to the to the ground together and original Bren just pulls the copy of Bren into her lap and just holds her as she dies and like pets Mm. her hair and like Mm. she's crying and she's holding her and cradling her and just like hugging her to her chest. And I thought this was really beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Especially considering how obviously Bren needed to be anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Just like how kind she was to herself in this moment. Yeah. Mm. And so Bryn now is staggering out of the woods, her copy being dead behind her in the woods. She's been stabbed twice. She's bleeding out. It's looking bad. Leggy boy, a different leggy boy. Mm, Yeah. A big spider boy reappears somehow bigger. Really Um, big. (laughs) Really fucking big. Um, And then down comes another beam. And this time it fucking yoinks her up. Like, we're not messing around anymore. Yoinks her up into the sky. Cut to interior spaceship. Okay. We're going into it. Um, And (gasps) I have no idea how to describe the inside of the spaceship. It's... It reminded me of a movie we haven't done yet called Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, where there is Mm. essentially... It looks like a black void almost. It's very hard to make out any distinct like structure to it, but it looks like there's maybe some water or reflective surface. She's also, again, immobilized in this beam of light. She Mm. can't move. And so she's just looking into this black void with like little trickles of light here and there until a shape of one of the aliens starts approaching her and the alien reaches out one of his really creepy long fingers and he touches her forehead and throws her into a flashback so she's kind of like Mm. walking through a memory inside her house that we've been in this whole time and we see little tiny Bren, like child Bren, and she's working with her mom on this miniature birdhouse town. So we figure that mm. the miniature birdhouse town was really her mom's thing. And mm. she's kept this going out of some kind of like grief thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she watches them together. And then she sees behind it, like Maud goes, child Maud goes running through and out to the yard. And she follows Maud out the front door toward the yard. And as she walks out, she's it's, this is, I thought really cool. So it's like a, a frozen scene that she walks through, like time has stopped, mm. but the red and blue lights of the police lights are flashing. And there's like 
cops standing around. They're like writing on a notepad, like they're responding to a call. And in the yard, we see Maud's dad, the chief of police, on his knees, looking absolutely devastated. And Bren, also devastated, adult Bren, falls down to the grass and... The scene changes a bit and she looks up to see from the ground um, child Maud and child Bren arguing, fighting. Maud pushes Bren down and older Bren kind of watches as her younger self. They both at the same time notice a big rock on the ground. And older Bren screams, tries to stop her. She obviously can't. And child Bren takes this rock and turns around and just hits Maud hard with this rock and Maud's head kind of snaps oh, back oh, and freezes and freezes that way. And Ugh. Maud is killed instantly. Oh my God. So, so this is what Bren That's did. awful. Oh my fucking God. And this is why everyone hates Bren, I guess. It's also crazy though, to like hold a, gr- like this is such a strange dynamic. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little weird, I think. It's weird. She was 12. She was 12. She's obviously, like, ruined about it. She's not doing mm-hmm. well. What happened to her mom? Her mom just died. So it looks like on the tomb, on, like, the tombstone that she died. Actually, you know what? I do think this is present day because the mom's date of death oh, is 2019. You're right. you're right. Yeah. So it looks like the mom died recently. So it's just, like, very small town, not a lot of modern. Yeah. yeah. But that's not a thing. Facilities. <laughs> I think it's it might be a thing. thing. <laughs> I mean, they have cell phones and stuff, but like older cars and stuff. Or is it only a thing in it's movies? The only thing in movies. Picturing? Like it's there's nowhere where people are just driving old cars everywhere. <laughs> maybe I maybe I projected that on there. I just remembered the bus looking kind of. The bus does look like oh, old, like yeah. an older. No, but the rotary phone is so strange. But that I might think be her she's vibe. She might have yeah. chosen. Yeah. That. Because we don't see inside any, like, yeah, I guess other people probably do have cell phones and stuff then. but <laughs> Just not Bren. Not Bren. I Just mean, Bren. she's already getting, apparently, hate calls on her regular landline. I mean, yeah, so, I guess yeah. why I have a cell phone, you have no one to call. Um, which is, like, honestly a lot for someone who accidentally killed her best friend when she was 12 to be, like, it is a spitting lot. in her it's face 15 years later, Yeah, um, yeah. in my opinion. That's someone who hasn't processed. Yeah, they need to learn how to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. Mad's mom needs to go to therapy for sure. Um, Very much so. But so the next thing that adult Bren sees in her memory is a memory of her child Bren sitting at a table writing presumably her very first letter to Maud after Maud is dead. And she sits across the table from her child self and she reaches out and she puts her hand over her child hand. And Bren, the two Brens just look at each other and it's this moment, it seems to be a moment of like healing mm-hmm. for Bren. And another beam comes down over them as they look at each other and then back in the ship, the aliens are presumably watching all of this transpire inside Bren's mind and looking kind of moved almost, <laughs> or at least like okay. intrigued, maybe like intrigued, hmm. I would say maybe. Okay. Yeah. They have very like blank expressions, but they're definitely processing what they're <laughs> seeing. They're just like, it's made them kind think of real small little twitches and blinks. It's interesting. They're hard to read for sure, but. 
Yeah. Sure. I kind of got the vibe that they were, I think it definitely seemed like they were like very compelled by the relationship between Bren and Maude and like Bren's trauma. Mm, yeah. And they were studying it. Ah. Uh. So the aliens are like kind of chittering with each other. And there's this really cool thing they do with like the aliens where as they chitter, there's like this ripple that goes up like from their chest, the kind of like Ew. vibrations. Yep. That's like what's making the chittering sound. Yep. Which Dang. I thought was cool. Um, and then the, the big distant lights up in the void are like blinking and pulsing in response. And then Bren is just dropped back down to Earth, like right back where they found her on the road mm. in the woods where she was bleeding out on the ground. Um, and color, more lights start flashing over her, just like colorful lights. But we can't see what she's seeing. She's just lying on the ground, staring up into the sky, holding her like stab wound. And she smiles and she laughs and she looks kind of amazed. And then she looks, I would say, like, relieved yeah maybe yeah mm. and i kind of thought maybe the aliens helped her stab wounds <laughs> maybe yeah. they did a little fix that I, up mm. because they looked fatal to me and yeah and they're not okay yeah and then we have the last scene of the movie which is we go back the next thing we see is a new shot of bryn's house it's daytime the house is looking fantastic um, it's looking hmm. repaired. Um, it has a new front door. This one is all glass. <laughs> and she is wearing such a cute outfit. She's getting ready for the day. <laughs> she's got an embroidered peasant top on. Mm -hmm. um, she's riding her bike, hanging up new birdhouses. Um, and she walks out to her yard. And there are all of the, her neighbors who hate her cheerfully doing yard work. <laughs> Uh, and they all like wave and smile. They're so excited to see their favorite person in the world, Bryn. And the, we end in Town Square of this small town that she could not ever go into without getting spit on. And she is just the belle of the ball. She is wearing a huh. like a beautiful floral like fifties like dress with like a beautiful full skirt. Um, and they're having a little like dance, like a waltz. Um, <gasps> and they're playing knock on any door, just like she practiced. Yep. And she's waltzing with that cute neighbor who hates her face. Um, <laughs> but he is, he's happy to do this now. He's smiling. Everyone is smiling. In fact, very peacefully, like, um, almost as if there's nothing behind their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's dancing with him and then he spins her around into the arms of a woman and he she dances with her everyone wants to dance with Bren everyone mm. loves her everyone's smiling and, and importantly everything looks the way that Bren likes things to look like everything's uh -huh. cute and colorful and floral there's rugs there's twinkle lights mm -hmm. it's everything that Bren has always dreamed of um, all of Bren's favorite things. And we end with Bren smiling directly into the camera, <laughs> just right up in the camera, smiling and like breathing heavily. Like she's like, ah, oh, this is like my big moment. <laughs> and she rejoins the dance and we slowly zoom out and we see the whole sky is full of saucers. And that is the end of the movie. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Wait, okay. We don't yeah. think, do you think Let's that, hear it. <laughs> do you think that they, she was, uh, um, she had the parasite in her at the end because 
That's such a good question. Because things are like so nice again. Mm -hmm. Or all of them do. And the aliens are like, fine, you get to have your nice little town. We see them. We see the parasite in there. Oh, but we don't see it in hers. Yes. But we don't see it in hers. So I don't I don't think so. I think her dream is just or like her happy place is a world where everyone (laughs) is. Everyone's memories have been wiped. Yeah. Yeah, And she seems genuinely happy. Yeah. I mean, yes. Seems yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, but uh, would you be genuinely happy if you knew everyone around you was being controlled by aliens? Better than them all hating <laughs> I you. Think Bryn and I are, are are different. Yeah, Bryn and I are different, I yeah. would say. It's an right, improvement right, right. from her previous situation. My interpretation was sort of like, okay, like maybe I can't remember if I read this on Reddit or if this is an original thought. Um, but <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, but like it's sort of like to a to a species like that we would basically be like a bug you find in a garden that you like want to know more about and you would put that bug in a jar and fill that jar with all its favorite things uh-huh. and want it to be happy if you had like an affection for this bug right um, yes. and i think she i think she like impressed them and intrigued them and they yep. were like i want to study this little bug and so they put her in a jar full of her favorite things yeah. and she's like very happy to live that life. Like you give a hamster a little hamster wheel and a little yeah, place for its exactly. water and food and you're like, have fun in yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's that was my, my interpretation. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I want to know more about these aliens. What are they doing here? What are they looking for? What do they need? What are their motivations mm-hmm. besides just controlling humans? Very interesting. Yeah. Who can say? Wow. Wow. That was cool. Wait, do we think that she is, do we think that her killing Maud, like there is something like wrong with her? Like, like she's a bad person? No, I didn't. Or do we think that was just an accident? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess I can't say definitively, but it seemed like just an accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten a big fight with one of my friends in like third grade. <laughs> and I was, I was just flashing back to that. Like, man, I've, there I is a world that in kid. which I could have fucking done this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a big rock nearby. You don't know what you would have done. Yeah. So I think it's just such a traumatic just, formative yeah. experience for her that she's like definitely very fucked up in present day but um mm. i didn't th- i don't think she's evil or anything okay i think she just has no uh i think she was probably dealing with a lot of self-hatred and there was like some nice they gave her a little moment of being able to see her younger self and show herself some kindness that she doesn't normally do. And so I feel like she's maybe grateful to the aliens for I would be helping Mm her uh, kind of heal a bit from this traumatic event that has defined her life this Mm. far. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Mm. A lot to think about. Much, a lot to much think about. to ponder. Yeah. Much to ponder. Uh, much to ponder. Yeah. I so at the end, and I think I think you're right that it was someone she maybe had a crush on, but uh, that is something that I was thinking about at the end. Like, who was that guy? Mm. And because there was a part of me that was like, maybe it's Maud's brother, mm. but 
there's no clarification there because I was like, man, even some guy that Random she knew guy, ten yeah. years ago <laughs> still hates her for this thing. It's just crazy for people to react that way after ten they years, might, like to physically they might all be think like, she's like a little freaky weirdo now who like <laughs> stayed in the town and lives in her little house, and they're mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. can like really buy into a narrative. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not right. It's not right. But, but, um, but yeah, I feel like I, I really liked it. I felt f- frustrated by the no talking in the first act, mm-hmm. where there are. I feel like a few scenes where trying it to like feels like stuff. People would talk here, mm-hmm. and but then by the time it it gets going, like. After we've done the setup, then I was like way into it, and I loved this third act. And it's mm. it's like really visually stunning. I feel like, and the music is really good. The sound design is incredible, and yeah, this is that's why I wanted to see it on a big screen because it looks great. It's really yeah. really well done. Ooh, I'm so glad to know about it. I that's like. Honestly, this is such a good one. Casey, you picked such a good one. Oh, uh, these thank are you. like these are like my favorite ones to to hear about where you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I was very, very glued to this story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really to wanted to know of what the deal so. was. It's yeah. very sad. Yeah. I did I I will say I kind of like the possibility that she is a little bit off and she yeah. killed Maud maybe on purpose right. in that moment and that the aliens were impressred by that mm. and, were, and rewarded her with a bunch of like thralls to mm-hmm. hang out yeah. with and they were like we don't need to assimilate this person because she is going to She's go good. along with our takeover of the world she doesn't care yeah yeah, yeah. 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 that's yeah. interesting she, in and or, of or even just like She's such a fucking loner. She's not a problem. Just like give her a little mm-hmm. town and she'll be fine. Yeah. Put her in an ant farm. Give her a little birdhouse. Yeah. Birdhouse town. <gasps> oh my God. They put her in a birdhouse. You're so right. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Wow. That was a big feat. To I was right before we did this, I asked him, I was like, I feel like it could be way harder to talk about a movie with no dialogue because you have, you just have to describe like literally everything that happens. And I just thought, I just thought you both did a just spectacular job. Yeah. Casey, so that. Casey, it was perfect. Oh my God. Was I was perfect. actually very nervous <laughs> to do it. I, um, for the listeners who may not know, I religiously listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so honored. We are so honored. I can't believe it. Thank it is you. a staple of, uh, it's, it's in heavy rotation in my, my morning routine. I listen to it a lot while I'm loading the dishwasher. Mm, lovely yeah key key yeah. lovely yeah well no, you did amazing this was knocked great. out of the goddamn thank park <laughs> thank you so much i feel much. like it's important it's important for the listeners to know if you have not read casey's books <laughs> you've got to uh, what are you freaking waiting for have you been living under a rock is that I, mean, I mean, literally, have you been living under a rock? Because everyone, everyone is oh talking about red, white, and red. <laughs> fucking everyone. Sorry to put you on blast, Casey, but everyone's fucking talking about it. <laughs> I mean, it's just an absolute delight 
to read. It is a it is wonderful. I am pages away from the ending of your second book, so no spoilers. Sorry. I um, won't. And you have a new book yes. coming out soon. I would love for you to tell our listeners about that if you would like. Yes. So. I will keep it brief because I feel like I did the opposite of that in telling you about this movie. That was perfect. Um, it was perfect. Uh, so um, my new book currently available for pre-order uh, out yeah. next summer. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, it's, it's called The Pairing. It is a romantic comedy about two slutty bisexual exes who accidentally book themselves onto the same European food and wine tour. Amazing. Ooh, it's everything the I pairing. want. Incredible. Yeah, the pairing. Yes. yes. Europe, food, wine, sluts. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh look at me better. All of the best things in this world. Um it's, yeah, it's a great time. It's out next August. Um it is like d- if I may be so bold as to say, delicious. Um it's my favorite book <laughs> I've ever written. Um Hell oh yeah. so I um I mean obviously all of you will receive a, an early copy if you want one. And by <gasps> all of you I mean the three people on this podcast, not everyone listening. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. But, oh my god, oh my god. Holy shit. But if you would like to read it when it comes out and you are listening to this podcast, it is now available for pre-order where all books are sold. Oh, my Incredible. That sounds like a perfect (laughs) concept for a book. Why has no one done this? I'm great news. I have great news. I have now done it. (laughs) Good job. Casey's now done it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, I've... (laughs) discovering a, a modern rom-com has just been the greatest joy of my past year mm-hmm. um it's yeah. gotten mm-hmm. me fully back like head over heels in love with reading mm. so thank you for that yeah. um mm-hmm. i'm i've i think i've realized through doing this podcast that i i am maybe never there's like nothing that is more impressive to me than um an author <laughs> i'm like astounded like you write you write books that people read like it's it on my nightstand really it's on my it nightstand really hard. you wrote it's really really hard insane i i feel like it's i mean i don't want to compare this to something that henley just recently experienced but i do think it's almost like childbirth when you write a book mm-hmm. where it's like as soon as it's done i'm like i have no memory of how i did that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah wow mm-hmm. i did that mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. And keep doing it. Don't yeah. stop. I like childbirth. But Henley, stop having to stop. Yeah, at some point, <laughs> you to not have to stop having kids. <laughs> Please. Okay. Well, I I um, am so so happy that I got to come on here. Um, I would be honored to come back anytime. I to to just mm. to be even once a horror respondent is is such oh. a, an honor. Oh my god, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> please. Yeah. It we needs to happen. So wonderful. We got to have you back. This was Yeah, it's a done deal. A really really fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. Me too. Yeah. Keep yeah. watching horror movies and keep telling us about them. Yes. It's important. Yes, I will. And Sammy, you better because I don't know how I'm going to get any chores done if you stop. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> she, she really, it's a public service. She I does got it for you. all of us. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Um, no freaking voices, I guess, Literally in this one. Literally no voices. Only five words. Um, I mean, just can you chitter, Sammy? <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's no. like a, it's in the throat. I don't know. <laughs> just like nope. that. Sorry. I, no, I think we gotta just do silence. So from all of us here, oh, too wow. scary to watch.
Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video, trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. All right. We love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios. That was a HeadGum Podcast.